The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison & Stephan, North Fifth Brewing Company, Threads of Envy, The Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Jack Blades is the bassist and co-lead vocalist for Night Ranger and also has had great success with Tommy Shaw and Ted Nugent and Damn Yankees after beginning with the San Francisco-based band Rubicon. Jack actually had some heart issues a while ago, but has since recovered. And now he and Night Ranger have a new live album and tour to talk about, as I've got Jack Blades on the line right now from San Francisco. Jim? Jack, welcome. It's always nice to talk to you, and I'm glad to hear you're in good health, and congratulations on the new live album. Yep, thank you very much, man. It's all good, all good. 40 years and a night with Contemporary Youth Orchestra. It sounds so good. How did you come up with the idea to record with the orchestra? Well, you know, I mean, we've done so many things in our career, and and here we are celebrating our 40th anniversary of, of rock and roll with Night Ranger, you know, all over the all over the world. And we thought, how could we do, what could we do that would be really, really special? And we're like, man, what if we played with an orchestra? What if we did, like... Night Ranger music with an 80-piece orchestra, you know, <laughs> strings and cellos and horns and this and that, and that. And so we put it all together, and it just turned out exactly the way we wanted it to. It's still a kick-ass rock and roll record, but with an 80-piece stringed orchestra backing it up. It's killer. It's fantastic, really. It sounds so good. Looking back on your career, when you started out, you were just a kid. How old were you when you were doing recording sessions with Sly Stone? Oh, God, that was like a, you know, I was like 20 years old. I mean, I was just a kid. Yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty amazing, man. I quit. I was in um, I was in college in San Diego, and I quit my fourth year to move to San Francisco to join a rock band. My parents are like, what are you, nuts? You know, <laughs> but, it, but it turned out okay. Never looked back. It's all worked out well. I always loved Rubicon, which is what you uh, would eventually become part of with Jerry Martini of... Sly and the Family Stone, and your longtime bandmate, Brad Gillis. It, it lasted just a brief amount of time, but you guys really made an impact. I mean, I've seen videos of the Cal Jam experience. Man, that was a great band, wasn't it? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it was it was wild. I mean, I mean Rubicon was like this seven-piece, you know, funk, funk rock band that just kicked ass. You know, it was just a, it was just a kick-ass show. In fact, I, I I can't believe it, but the the bass player from Metallica um, said that he he went to the Cal Jam two um, in 1978 when he was like 15 years old, uh-huh. and when I read this article. He, I saw this bass player in a band called Rubicon, and that made me want to play bass. And it's like, wow, <laughs> like, dang, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. All these years later, I find that out. I mean, yeah, Rubicon was a great band, and it would just. You know, but those, all those kind of things are stepping stones, you know? I mean, that, that band breaks up, and you think it's the worst thing in the world that your band is broken up, and the next thing you know, yep. we, we form Night Ranger. And um, When Night Ranger was starting out, you know, I've talked to, uh, I can't remember who where I read this, but when you guys formed the band, wasn't the original name of the band Ranger? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, originally we called ourselves Ranger. In fact, uh, in fact I think the record company, Boardwalk Records, printed up 10,000 copies. Of, of an album that said Ranger, and and then we found out right before, like a week before the record was released, that there was a there was a band, um, out, I think out of Kentucky, called the Rangers. And we thought, well, we're screwed. That's, that's not going to work. But I had I had written the song Night Ranger, and so we decided 
you know, we called each other up. We're like, why don't we we'll just put a knight over the ranger? Same logo and everything. Just put a knight above it, and we'll call ourselves Night Ranger. And we'd all go, yeah, uh, you think so? Yeah, that's okay. And I'd hang up the phone going, this really sucks. You know, <laughs> it just turned out, it, it was, you know, it turned out, Okay, after all these years, I think we made the right decision. You know what I mean? So. Jack, I've, I've talked to some artists who are in rock bands, and they fight tooth and nail not to have ballads on their albums. I have a feeling everyone loved Sister Christian in the band, but it, it was almost like the record company expected ballads from that point on, yeah? Yeah, they probably kind of, you know, they, you know at, at that point when it was such a, you know, Sister Christian was released, it was such a successful record that, um, um, you know, it sold millions and millions, and so, and so, you know, at that point, the, you know, it's one of those record company deals where, you know, they take the path of least resistance. Okay, do another ballad, do another ballad, do another ballad. You know, that yeah. kind of drove us nuts. But hey, man, it all worked out in the end. Now, now we get up there and play Sister Christian. I thank the good Lord that we had Sister Christian. I mean, look at Damn Yankees. I mean, Damn Yankees had, you know, we had the we're, we're, we're Ted Nugent from the Motor City Madmen, this crazy rock band, and our biggest song is a ballad called high enough you know uh-huh. what i mean so <laughs> which which by the way we're all going to play all these songs at the strat in february so we're you know we're coming to town we're going to yeah. be with you guys in las vegas i'm excited about that you were there of course during the uh, early mtv period and they really gave you guys a bump didn't they with don't tell me you love me oh man yeah i mean it was like it was like a major a major look we filmed that video with our with, I, I filmed it with my buddies from the um they checked out all the gear from the L.A., um, like, um, UCLA Film School, and and, yeah. and I, I, we probably cut that. We probably made that video for, like, $5,000 or something, you know, all, all, all total, like, you know, guerrilla style, just hit and miss places. We never hired anything. We just built all the stuff ourselves and did everything, and we gave it to MTV, and I think at that time they had maybe six videos or five videos, <laughs> so, uh-huh. so they, started, they started playing Don't Tell Me You Love Me, like, 14 times a day, and... And we went on tour with Sammy Hagar, and suddenly we're like going into a town, and we're like TV stars because MTV is this big, this brand new genre. You know what I mean? Everybody sure. was checking it out and everything like that, and it, it was huge. Yeah, I think that really, you know, that, that was really lucky for us and, and and everything. I think all that, all the stars lined up in in the right way for us to um, to. Um, the band out. You mentioned Ted Nugent. How did it come to be that Ted and Tommy Shaw would give you a call and ask you if you wanted to be part of Damn Yankees? Well, actually, actually, I was, um, um, I just left, you know, Night Ranger kind of broke up. Yeah. And um, I got a call from uh, John Claudner, who was the uh, A&R director for Geffen Records that, you know, put together all, you know, the, the famous, the legendary A&R director. And, and, and John said, I heard you left Night Ranger and and I got Tommy Shaw and Ted Nugent, you know, working on some songs in New York City. But it seems like something's missing, and I thought maybe you would be the missing link. And he said, "Why don't you fly?" So he flew me to New York, and I ended up on Tommy's doorstep at his um, brownstone in the Upper West Side. And, and boom! I mean, I think that first weekend we got together and wrote half the half the album of the dance, the first Damn Yankees record. So we just, you know. We just killed it, and that's how the band came together. I remember you in an interview saying a few years ago that you were on tour with Damn Yankees. Ted Nugent was playing one of his uh, incredible guitar solos, and you literally had an out-of-body experience, yeah? That was that was probably... I had that twice happen to me, and both times it was with Ted playing the solo. Yeah, that was the craziest thing in the world, man. Like, a literally... 
I was up on stage and playing, and he was hitting those notes, and he was playing his solo because he's just, you know, just so natural and everything like that, and hitting it. And all of a sudden, everything just went, everything just like went quiet. Everything just like, it, it was like, it was like I was floating above everything. And it's just like, I was just floating and just everything. And then all of a sudden, I'm back in front of fifteen thousand people in the in the in the in the, in the Coliseum, and, and and all the people were there, and it's like, it was crazy, man. And that's only happened with Ted. That that's that's it. And that wow. that was literally an out of but that happened twice to me on in the damn Yankees on, on tour, and it was like that's only happened with Ted. I mean, it's like. Pretty amazing, man. Pretty amazing. And Jack, how much do you love writing for other artists? Because you're quite prolific with all the work that that you've done for everybody else. Oh yeah, I I, I enjoy it. I I enjoy writing with uh, you know I'm like two heads are always better than one. I enjoy getting together with people and writing songs and and hanging out with them and playing music. I love playing with other people and everything like that. And and so it it just it just worked out really well. And Tommy and I, you know. We started writing. To, I mean, I think Tommy and I wrote the song high enough. I think we could. The bulk of high enough was was finished in like thirty minutes. I mean, oh. you know, the good songs just come really quick like that. You know, boom, and they're done. You know, and and everything like that. And and so, I mean, I love it. I love writing songs, and I love it. It's what I do. You know what I mean? It's like it's like what's in my brain. It's what's in my body. I don't know how to do anything else. I'm I'm a terrible job at like changing light bulbs and <laughs> and fixing toilets and stuff like that. But dude, I can write a ballad. <laughs> yeah, you can. 40 Years in a Night, it's available on all major digital platforms, and you can get tour info at nightranger.com. And as uh, we said, you're here in Vegas uh, February 16th at the Strat Theater. Jack, always great catching up. I really enjoyed it. Oh, man, always great. Always great being with you, and I can't wait to see everybody in Las Vegas. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have a great time, and I think everybody's going to enjoy this record, man. 40 Years it's a great way to celebrate 40 years of rock and roll with the with the country, you know, with Night Ranger, 40 years and a night with the Contemporary Youth Orchestra. Jack, you're the best. We'll see you soon. Stay well. You got it, brother. Yeah, Jack is maybe a greatly underrated songwriter in all the bands that he's been in and one of the nice guys in rock and roll. That finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.